everybody. Welcome to the Muscle Science for Women podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we're doing something a little different. As you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, there's a lot going on with Muscle Science for Women. We're launching a new program for the first time in a while. It's called the Grow Your Glutes Workshop. We're really, really excited about that. And also personally, I'm moving. You know, there's a lot going on. So rather than skip a week or two of the podcast, which we never want to do, we always want to give you valuable content. What I thought I'd do is reintroduce you to some of the most popular, widely downloaded episodes from uh, the past. Because if you are a new listener, you'll know that it's just really been the last year that the podcast has been co-hosted with my friend, Rachel Gregory, and we turned it into the Muscle Science for Women podcast prior to that. It was Muscle Maven Radio. It was just me on my own chatting with some really smart guests. And there were a couple episodes that were just really popular. I thought really, really good. And I wanted to reintroduce them to you. So often with podcasting, it's like we do all this work, we put out these great episodes, and then they're just kind of gone, poof, as soon as you listen to it. But a lot of these things, just like a good book, you can bring them back out, you can listen to them again, maybe take something new from them, and there's still a lot of value there. So what I wanted to do is just bring back a couple of the really, really good episodes that I really love that I either want you to listen to again, maybe if you're an old school fan or here for the first time. So that's what we're doing today. I really, really hope you enjoy it. Thank you as always for your support. If you do um, have any sort of topic ideas or anything you'd like Rachel and I to, to talk about on the podcast, just send us a note to musclescienceforwomen at gmail.com. That's the number four. We read all those emails and we'd love to hear from you. And thank you as always to our show sponsor, Bubs Naturals. These guys have been supporting me from the very beginning. They make amazing collagen. I put it in everything, my coffee, my baking, everything I do. Basically, I sprinkle a little collagen on it. And they also uh, offer coffee now, as well as a creamer that's really delicious. So check them out, bubsnaturals.com. You can use the code MM20 to save 20% off your order. You'll be doing yourself a favor and you're supporting the podcast. So it's a win-win. All right, that's it for now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Today's episode I'm really, really excited about. It's a spicy one. It's about sexual health and libido. I'm going to try to keep the intro really short because I'm trying really hard to do at least one episode a month that is more drilled down, more specific on um, one key topic. I'm trying to keep them to like 20-ish minutes because that's what I'm hearing I'm supposed to do. You guys like these kind of shorter snippets. It's like almost impossible to get any information really out there in 20 minutes, at least it has been for me. So these episodes tend to be a bit closer to 40 minutes, which is still shorter <laughs> than my average episode, but I'm going to keep trying because I hear that that's what people want. Let me know if that's not true. Um, but in any case, today's episode is short and sweet and very, I think, helpful. Um, I brought on my good friend and licensed naturopathic doctor, Dr. Ellie Michelle. She's an amazing resource um, for women's medicine, optimizing hormones, digestion, energy. She's such a fantastic resource. We actually did a workshop about hormonal health together that is available online for you guys to access. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Um, it was a really, really cool uh, project that we did together that I think could be really helpful for a lot of women. And in this episode, we talk, like I said, about sexual health and libido. Dr. Ellie covers topics like 
how libido is an indicator of overall health and what our sex hormones are telling us, dietary issues specifically that can contribute to low libido, uh, and why we should be prioritizing our sexual health more. It's a key component of overall health, and it's one that we often um, don't pay enough attention to. So without further ado, here is my attempting to be short episode with the amazing Dr. Ellie Michelle, all about health and libido. Dr. Ellie Michelle, my good friend, thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to talk about what we're talking about today. <laughs> me too. Thank you for having me again. It's always so fun to chat with you. We're talking about, as I said offline, I think people's two favorite things, generally speaking. I mean, not for everybody, but we're talking food and sex today, which I mean, covers most of the bases. So it, it totally does. Pretty exciting. So what more do we need? <laughs> really? What else? Um, yeah. So I'm just going to dive into it because this we wanted to do like a bit more of a compact episode today and just talk really specifically about this one subject. It's something that um, every time I reach out to my audience and say, what do you want to um, have somebody talk about? I'll bring an expert on. And I know that this is a subject that um, you do like to talk about because you work predominantly, you work with women um, mm -hmm. about sort of like holistic health right? So that can be every aspect of wellness, but sexual health is a big part of that. And it's something that may be a little bit uncomfortable for people, a little bit taboo, or at the very least, just something that people tend to sweep under the rug and don't prioritize as much. Um, but we all know that sexual health and just feeling good um, and having a healthy libido, whatever that means, is really important to yes. overall health. So, um, yes. So I don't even really know where to start, but like, Maybe you can talk about how you address these things in mm. your line of work. Yes. Well, it's a totally complex subject. There's so many different factors that play into what gives us our libido, our sex drive as women. Um, I will speak because I work with women primarily in my practice. I will be speaking focused uh, um, from the female perspective. Um, but really, I think libido is a reflection of our health. It's such an important sign of, of our health as women. And so if we are having low sex drive or we have a low desire for, for sex, it is a reflection that there's an imbalance. There's some kind of dysfunction happening in the body. And that is going to vary from one woman to another. Um, it's very often a sign of hormonal imbalance or some kind of dis hormonal dysregulation. Um, it's a reflection of me metabolic health. It can be um, very much emotional, psychological related, um, some kind of stressor um, in the emotional, psychological realm. It can be um, related to pharmaceuticals like birth control. Mm. It can be related to environmental toxicity. So there's all kinds of things that that play into it. But um, and this is a little bit more on the woo-woo side, but I really feel that our libido and our sex drive is it's going to come through when you're feeling just good about life, when you're feeling good in your body, <clears throat> when you feel healthy and you're taking care of yourself and you have fulfilling relationships and you have fulfilling work, you feel a sense of purpose and you, like, you just feel good about life. That's when our libido is really going to shine through. So 
that's that's why I am so passionate about a holistic approach for women, because I think when we're just taking care of ourselves and we feel good in our body, we feel connected to ourselves on a on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. That is that's where libido really comes from, because when we're connected to ourselves, we are more available to connect on an, in an intimate way with a partner as well. So, yeah, complex. It is. We're complex Um, creatures. Yeah. It's what makes us spicy, but also (laughs) it's a lot of work. Um, Yes. So I guess one of the questions just right off the bat, like you did, you did touch on the fact that sexual health libido, I mean, it is going to sort of look different and manifest differently with everybody, men and women, because Mm -hmm. different people have different sex drives, you know, different ways of, of, feeling it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do we know, like, say, you know, we're having girl talk with our friends and we're talking about whatever and how often we're doing it or how often we're feeling like we want to do it. And we've got friends who are like, oh, I have sex every day. And then some people are like, "Eh, I'm feeling it like once a month, maybe. And like, and so we might be thinking, comparing ourselves to other people and thinking, oh, geez, is there something wrong with my sex drive? Because I want it a lot or I want it not very much. Or how do we know Mm. when it can vary so much, whether we are sort of in tune and in touch and have a healthy functioning libido when it can vary so much? That's a really tough question because it is, it's going to vary from person to person. I feel that women innately are sexual beings um, because we touched on this in the workshop that we did back in February, but we are really anatomically designed for pleasure. We're the only, um, and we're the only animal that has an organ that's only for pleasure. That's its only physiological function. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. I think is that our bodies are really designed for it. So I think that when a woman is is optimally healthy and connected to herself and in touch with herself, then the libido is just going to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, With that being said, of course, there's going to be individual variation. Um, And I think, I think a a way, I mean, one way to be able to assess that for yourself is if it was previously much higher and then it's changed over time and over time you feel like, okay, I'm thinking about it less. I want it less. I really have to work to, you know, engage in sexual activities with a partner or, Um, it is a lot harder for me to reach orgasm or something like that. So if there's been this noticeable change for you compared to something where, how you felt previously, um, or maybe it's just something where you feel like it's just missing in your life. Like maybe, maybe you don't have any real desire at all. That can just be a sign that, okay, there's something off with my body because, it is very natural to have that desire to some degree. And so if it's something that's very minimal or you're just not really connected to it, that might be a sign that it's something that's been repressed or there might be a physiological imbalance um, that's contributing to that. Yeah. It seems like what you touched on there about the like disconnect being more important than how much you're doing it or how into, you know, whatever it's like more like, yeah. You're doing it once a month. If you're doing it once a day, if you're doing it once a year, it's like, do you feel connected to that part of you? Right. Do you feel good and satisfied with the situation? And yeah. if you don't, if you feel like something's off, then that is more of an indicator than like, oh, you should be having sex two or three times a week or else it's, something's off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, a really common thing that I think a lot of women experience is they're g- engaging in it maybe somewhat regularly because they're 
partnered, you know, they're in a relationship and the other person has a significant libido. And so they're engaging in it to really please the partner, but it's not actually authentically coming from them. It's not because they want to, it's kind of like a sense of responsibility or obligation to keep the other person happy and satisfied and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think it's really, if if that is something that, you know, anyone listening, if that's something that you experience where it's, you're engaging in it, but it's not really because you want to, you're kind of just making yourself. That's also, I think a sign that, okay, there could be something going on, whether it's physiological in nature or more emotional, mental, psychological, because that's a huge part of our, the number one sexual organ is our brain. Mm -hmm. So if there's something going on in here that's disconnecting you from your reproductive organs, it's definitely going to contribute to, to your sex drive. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that there are a lot of different Mm -hmm. factors and it's usually probably not just one if you are experiencing libido issues, but we can, and we can try to cover as many of these as we can. But the main one that we, that was sort of brought up to me is the nutrition component. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, it is important to maybe like start somewhere and then you work out from there because these things all do have a ripple effect. It's like a spider web. So like you don't necessarily say, oh, it's just because I'm not eating enough protein. And so I have low sex drive. There's probably other reasons, but if you sort out your nutrition and you start to kind of feel some things differently hormonally, and then that starts this cascade effect where then maybe Mm -hmm. you're working out more and that's giving you some endorphins and then you're feeling better about yourself and that's helping with your mental health. So all of these things I, I do think, you know, are, are, connected and it's, we might as well start somewhere. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, because like I said, in the beginning, libido is a reflection of your health. So what's one of the most fundamental things that we do to support our health? It's nutrition. It's how we fuel our body. And so when the body is getting adequate vitamins and minerals and just energy, just straight energy, because reproduction is a very energy dependent process, right? If we're in an energy deficit, if we're eating under eating, or if we're in a state of, um, you know, metabolic suppression, our reproduction, our reproductive system is like the last priority, right? Yeah. And in order to reproduce, we have to have sex. So we have to have sexual desire. That's going to be basically the last priority that your body's not going to conserve energy for that. It's going to conserve energy for your vital organs. So number one, if we want to have a healthy libido, we need to make sure that we're getting plenty of, of nutrition from our, from our food. So diet dieting and, you know, caloric restriction is not exactly conducive to sexual health. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about this because it's more, (laughs) it's more than like, you know, oysters are an aphrodisiac, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. although, I mean, I guess if you break down they, the, they are of an oyster, it makes sense why oysters are one of the, they're one of nature's superfoods. They're one, yeah. they're, um, nature's multivitamins. So you can so. say liver is an aphrodisiac too. 100%. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what some of the, like, major maybe mistakes that women are making that could be impacting not only their general health, but their, their Mm -hmm. sexual health as well. And like what just across the board are some things that we can look at doing nutritionally that may help us sort of boost the libido a little bit. Okay. So one of the, (laughs) one of the biggest things is being afraid of carbs or fat. I feel like people either afraid of both or one Mm -hmm. people are very, you know, and it's not our fault. Society, health and wellness culture has very much demonized 
First it was fat, then it became carbs. Some people but, are still and hungry. protein too. I feel like women and, are taught to be afraid yes. of every, there's no macro left. It's, it's very, very true. It's very true. But if we're significantly avoiding carbohydrates, um, carbohydrates are fuel. For, I mean, they give us energy. They give the body quick, readily utilized energy. And it's very important for our adrenal health. So for helping to lower stress hormones, if we're a very low carb for a long period of time, it's going to increase stress hormones and cortisol stress is going to suppress our sex drive. The more stressed out we are, the less our body is going to be thinking about getting busy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think that, that making sure that we are, that we are including carbohydrates, or if you're someone who has struggled with low sex drive for a long time, and you have been following a low carb approach for a long time, it's something just to, to consider and maybe try incorporating them a little more and see if you notice anything because it does, it is going to help to calm the stress response, help to nourish the adrenal glands. Um, and then fat of course is the other one. So if you're following a very low fat approach, this is big in like, you know, figure, comp mm -hmm. figure competing, uh, world and bodybuilding, um, fat specifically saturated fat is necessary to make sex hormones. So our estrogen, our progesterone and our testosterone, they require cholesterol. So if we are avoiding saturated fat, then we're not going to be able to build hormones that provides the building blocks for our sex hormones. So that's another really big one. What are the best sources of saturated fat in your opinion? Um, well, so saturated fat is going to be anything that's solid at room temperature. So if you think about like butter, ideally grass-fed pastured butter, um, or ghee, coconut oil, animal fats. Um, you, you, I mean, you can't really tell when you're cooking them, but if you leave the fat out, it turns solid. Mm -hmm. Um, for anyone who's familiar with cooking with animal fat, that's what happens. So that's all saturated fat. Um, and those are actually the best for, for cooking with, with heat because they're more, much more heat stable. So they're less prone to oxidation, which then creates an inflammatory response in the body and inflammation. I mean, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a big rabbit hole mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, if we have a lot of inflammation in our body, that's also something that's going to throw off our hormones and will affect our sex drive. So, um, and they're the most delicious. Yeah. Uh, yes. Fats. Animal fats are great. And, yep. and, and I totally get that it, it's, it's a kind of a, a mind F <laughs> I'm not going to cuss, but it's a mind F because we've all been very much trained that, you know, saturated fat is bad. It causes heart disease and, um, and we need to limit it as much as possible. And it's actually really important, um, for us women for hormonal health. So mm -hmm. if we're avoiding it, like the plague, we're, we're, pretty much bound to experience hormonal dysfunction. Hey, everybody, interrupting my own damn podcast here to tell you about today's show sponsor because they're important. And before you skip through this, I got to tell you, this is one of the biggest discounts that basically any company ever offers for things like this. It's 20% off. So maybe you want to listen to this one. I'll keep it brief. You guys know already, Bubs Naturals is my only source for collagen and MCT powder, which I am using consistently every day in my coffee, in my baking, in my protein oatmeal, in my bone broth, whatever I'm eating basically is going to have one or both of these products in it. Um, you know, what else do you need? Collagen, coffee, chocolate, organ meats. That's it. Uh, Bubs makes the best collagen. It mixes better than any other product I've tried. Their MCT goes into my iced coffee every morning and mixes really well. It makes it creamy, full of healthy fats for if I'm not going to have a big breakfast, I just kind of want to get going. 
but obviously still need my coffee. Uh, and also, this company gives a full 10% of their earnings to a charity that supports military veterans, which is an important cause um, and one that I support and will continue to support. So they're a company focused on giving back first before making money, which I think is actually pretty rare uh, in this day and age. And they just happen to make great products. So it's a win, win, win all around. Go to bubsnaturals.com and use the code MM20, which stands for Muscle Maven 20% off. So MM20 at bubsnaturals.com. Go get some collagen for your gut health and your beauty. Get some MCT to support those low carb goals and do something to help the world all at the same time. All right, that's it. Back to the show. And it's also important, I think, to just note here, and this is why um, the work you do with your patients is so important, because it's talking about the nuance, because there are probably some people listening, maybe some women who have like thrived for a certain amount of time on like a super low carb diet, because keto is still a thing and it does still work for people. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I think more as a temporary measure, um, but it doesn't, we're not saying that you need to now go from eating zero carbs to eating 400 grams of, you know, beans and whatever no. the hell people are eating. I'm not saying go eat donuts all day long. <laughs> yeah. It's like, generally speaking, like the ideal optimal um, ancestral diet mm -hmm. for most people still looks like if you compare it to a standard American diet, low carb, you know, mm -hmm. moderate, moderate fat, moderate high protein, like a very kind of moderate yeah. Coach, um, but where you aren't taking out completely anything, um, you're just being smart and using like nutritious whole foods based mm -hmm. versions of all these macros, right? Yeah. And, and here's the other thing. When we say low carb, we have to remember we're saying low carb it com compared to what the government tells us is, is a healthy diet where you look at the food pyramid and the bottom tier is like bread, pasta, cereal, right? <laughs> 10 like, servings a day or you'll die. Ten, right. 10 servings a day. And then above that, it's like lots of fruits and, and or fruits and vegetables, but most people are doing more fruits and vegetables. So it's just like combined with all those grains at the bottom. Plus you're eating, you know, apples and bananas and oranges all day long. It's like that. And that that's high carb. So low carb, it doesn't mean it's just low compared to that, but it doesn't mean that you're like not eating any carbs whatsoever. Um, it, it's really all the, the processed refined grains um, that that is what we see a lot of people eating. And the, the standard American diet has a lot of that. So it's low carb compared to that. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're eating that way, that's where the inflammation part comes in, which is not right. good. Right. So talk a little bit about, cause I mean, I know that like ultimately on a very basic level, what we're talking about, how to eat, how to nourish yourself, how to be healthy for optimal libido is also mm -hmm. how to be healthy for like optimal health. There's really not yeah. like a whole lot maybe that's different or specific, um, yeah. but it talk, it, can you talk a little bit about like the inflammation side of it and how that can relate to like sexual health stuff? Because I'd never really necessarily thought about those two pieces together. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, anytime there's, there's excess inflammation in the body, that's still considered a stressor to the body. And it's a stressor for the immune system and our hormones are always just responding to their environment. So if we have an inflammatory environment, our hormones are going to act accordingly. They're, they're really, I mean, I think people think of, of, you know, when there's hormonal dysfunction, it's like, 
the problem is the hormones, but it's really, there's something else happening that the hormones are just kind of like following suit. It's not, the hormones just respond to, to everything else that's happening. So if there's inflammation, if there's stress, if, um, if there's an autoimmune condition, mm-hmm. all of there's gut issues, all of those are going to throw the hormones off. So, um, I think that, um, I mean, one thing that I do tend to see is that people have an imbalance of their, of their fatty acids. And so we have fatty acids are essential. We need, we need them. Um, but there's different types and some of them are more anti-inflammatory. So those are like omega threes. Some of them are more pro-inflammatory and those are omega six fatty acids, which are, which are just everywhere. You know, we're exposed to a lot of vegetable oil that's been promoted for a long time as being the healthy type of oil. Um, you know, avoid saturated fat, eat vegetable oil and vegetable oil oil is cheap. It is prone to oxidation. All the restaurants are using it because it's inexpensive. And, um, and that really does feed um, oxidative stress and inflammation in the body. And that's going to affect our hormones very much. So it's, it causes um, increase in estrogen levels, causes estrogen levels to be stored in the tissues So then we have this imbalance and that's really, I think probably the most common hormonal imbalance that I see is that people have, people are making estrogen or they have excess estrogen or their body can't detox it very well because of inflammation. It's because we have too much omega-6, you know, people, people are eating tons of almond milk and nuts and seeds and plant-based diet. And so we're getting a lot of omega-6 again. It's not like omega-6 is horrible for you. It's just, we get so much of it. And so it just throws the ratio off. Exactly. Yeah. And then we're not eating any, um, uh, saturated fat really, or it's where a lot of people are avoiding saturated fat and they're maybe not eating that much, um, fish and seafood. So, when we eat a plant-based diet, we get a lot more omega-6s from the vegetable oils and nuts and seeds. And, you know, even like, um, you know, the oat milk, it all has canola oil in it. And it's very, it's very much marketed as a health food. People are um, loving these alternative milks lately. Yep. I'm like whatever happened to poor heavy cream? It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Dairy has been demonized and dairy is actually really supportive of our hormones. And a lot of people don't digest it very well. Um, and, and that, that is something to, to keep in mind, but a lot of times if people just have something off in their gut, you know, it's a, it's really a gut imbalance. Mm-hmm. It's not the dairy, you know, we're blaming everything on dairy and calling it, a, it, it the devil or calling mm-hmm. it a bad food when we really just need to promote our, our digestive health. So if we were um, more kind of- resilient and, and healthy then, and I guess also too, it's like, we're like, you mentioned like the ratio situation, it's like. I don't, I mean, dairy can be really problematic for a lot of people, but there's mm-hmm. a difference between if you have a super inflammatory diet and then you're drinking like, you know, you've got fat free. Yeah. With like two cups of skim milk or something. And then you're eating ice cream and then you've got like crappy cheese on everything that you're eating. But like, you know, if you're putting a little bit of like raw dairy or heavy yes. cream in your coffee exactly, um, and you've got like really good butter and stuff like that. I mean, that's, it's that's totally different. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. Well, because conventional dairy is also going, you know, they've been injecting the cows with hormones. That's of course, you know, going to further throw our estrogen, increase our estrogen. And uh, we, we are exposed to, to the pesticides and the chemicals and the hormones and the antibiotics, all the stuff that they inject into the conventional cow. And then we're drinking the milk from that cow. So as if we're drinking the milk or having the dairy from a really healthy, healthy animal that was not exposed to all of that stuff, it has a completely different effect in our body. 
I also always recommend um, goat milk because it tends yeah. to have less mm -hmm. lactose, which is good. And I just mm -hmm. like really like the flavor of yeah. it. Like it tastes, it tastes, yeah. I don't know. It has just, like an interesting. I just had goat milk yogurt last night before bed. Oh, so it helps delicious. me sleep. <laughs> so good. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, just because I think that this relates to the nutrition um, part of it, if there is any kind of, um, main, like any kind of supplementation. And I know that this is going to be incredibly individual, but just like we can say across the board, and this isn't a prescription, but like across the board, people tend to be deficient in magnesium. They tend yeah. to um, be deficient in vitamin D and a lot of times like B mm -hmm. vitamins and B12 and stuff. Are there some overarching kind of supplements or micronutrients that people should just sort of very immediately look at? Yeah. Um, that will probably, that could help balance some things mm -hmm. out and make you feel better? Well, all the ones that you mentioned actually are spot on. And those okay. are, those are kind of the big one. Magnesium, 100% is involved in almost every single biochemical reaction in the body. And it's, it's like the anti-stress mineral and stress is pretty Good much killer. The, at the end of the day, stress. Yeah, it's exactly. If, if you're stressed out about your, about work, about, your body. That's another really big one for women, by the way, because if we're like, so in our head, feeling self-conscious or beating ourselves up for the way we look, um, that doesn't put you in the mood at all no. to get in the mood. We want to be, we, we, we need to feel sexy. That that's, what's going to turn us on is when we feel sexy. It's yeah. It's going to have to do with whatever, you know, you know, a dynamic or connection with a partner for sure is going to play into it. But at the end of the day, if we don't feel sexy in our own body, it's, it's not going to put us in the mood. So um, again, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but um, so yeah. So there's all kinds of things that are going to stress out lack of sleep again, under eating over training um, uh, just having deficiencies, nutrient deficiencies. So I think magnesium is a really big one. It also helps to relax. Um, it, it's a vasodilator. So it relaxes blood vessels, which improves blood flow. So that's another, you know, we need to make sure that blood is flowing um, right another place. reason, another reason why I'm going to change it again, but another reason why, why exercising is so important because mm -hmm. helps to stimulate blood flow. If we're sitting a lot, if we're just not moving, our blood becomes stagnant and we need blood flow. Blood has to flow to the pelvic area to feel a sense of turn on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and like the endorphins that you're getting yeah. from a good workout, like there's a reason why it's not, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'm. I think you, I think we've had this conversation before where it's like, we feel our like hottest when we're like done a workout and we're sweaty. Yeah, you don't have to totally. be able to dress up. You don't have to have a ton of makeup on. Like you did a good workout and you're like sweaty and you feel good totally. like that you feel in your body and good. Totally. And I think that's across the board. That's men and women too. Yeah. And, and that's a reason why I, I love lifting weights and I love strength training because, you know, people, it has such a bad rap for like, Oh, it's manly. And it's going to like make you it's going to make you manly. And I'm like, I feel so feminine when I lift weights, like nothing makes me feel like I feel just like, Oh, I feel good. And it may, it really, I mean, I think it's one of the best things for libido, honestly, because you just feel it accentuates your feminine curves and Hello. the blood is just flowing. It's great. <laughs> yeah. If, if anybody like the women who are listening, women and men who are listening, who are like, nodding their heads like they know exactly what yeah. we're talking about. And if you don't know what we're talking about, then we encourage you to 
crush some protein and go lift some weights and then you'll yep. feel it because there is a difference too. Like we, you know, we talk about this all the time about the difference between workouts that are invigorating, that um, make you feel good, that are cha- mm-hmm. that are appropriately challenging versus workouts that are like designed to beat you down. Yep. And this chronic cardio, chronic overwork, mm-hmm. chronic under recovery, that also isn't going to set you up for feeling good and wanting to have sex yeah. because if you're exhausted and tired yeah. and beat down all the time, that's not going to be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But you, when you do workouts that make you feel like pumped up and like you said, like blood going to all the right places and you feel good, yeah. that's something you want to, you want more of. Right. If we're constantly beating ourselves into the ground with the way that we're exercising and we're focusing on how tired am I after this or how much did I sweat or how many calories did I burn? You know, that that's completely going to, again, it's going to drain all of your energy and sex is an energy dependent activity, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, requires us to have some kind of energy reserve. So you want to make sure that you're living, you're creating a lifestyle that's not depleting you. And that's going to include your exercise. It's going to include what you're spending, like your mental energy on from day to day and um, the relationships that you have. You know, if you're in a lot of toxic relationships where you feel like you're just giving and giving and giving, and you're not really getting anything in return or, um, you know, just relationships that aren't fulfilling, that's all going to be a stressor on your body. It's going to suck your energy out. Yeah. So... I was going to, I was going to, I had one other thought about magnesium that I think is kind of funny. So we were talking about magnesium, how it, it uh, dilates your blood vessels, helps support blood flow. So magnesium actually, um, when I, when I was doing my training and I was doing a lot of IV nutrient therapy, if you give magnesium in an IV, so in an IV intravenous drip, you just inject it and straight into the bloodstream. If you give someone too much magnesium, they'll start to feel like They'll feel it. They will feel around. They feel like wet. It happens like people or it feels warm because it's stimulating blood flow everywhere. So they'll start being like, um, why do I, why do I feel turned on? (laughs) Like turned on right now. Yeah. So magnesium is great. There's a bunch of people like looking up, like how to get a magnesium IV now. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Just, Just a little side note. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I think going back to, um, uh, micronutrients, cause we did kind of get off there. So for sure, magnesium, um, the B vitamins, yes, 100%, because those are so key for our hormonal health and for detoxification, which is part of our hormonal health. You know, if we want to have optimally healthy hormones, we have to make sure that our liver is working well, that we're our liver biotransformation processes are working and B vitamins are so concentrated in the liver. It uses a lot of B vitamins to be able to get things out, get toxins out, which is going to affect our hormones, get excess estrogen out. So, um, so yeah, the B vitamins are really important and liver is one of the best sources of B vitamins. So if you can eat it, um, or take it in a capsule, it's great. Um, but you can just take B vitamin, like a B complex also is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, vitamin D is a big one for sure. Our hormones are definitely hormones, inflammation, immune function. All of that is going to be, um, is going to require optimal vitamin D levels. If we can get it from the sun, that's obviously ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you live in a place where you're never really exposed to the sun or it's cold a lot of the time, then it is a good idea to, to take a supplement. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Zinc, zinc minerals, zinc, copper. Those are huge as well. So, um, also- oysters. Yeah. I was going to say oysters, but like 
organ meats, of course. Yep, organ meats. But I mean, plant-based or sorry, animal-based protein, like Mm -hmm. you're getting an beef organ meats specifically because they just have higher concentrations of all of these things. But um, yeah, animal based is where you're going to get a lot of these micronutrients yes. in much more bioavailable form. Um, yeah. And yeah. and also just mollusks and shellfish in general are really good source of, of these minerals that I'm seeing a lot of people. I do micronutrient panels on almost all of my patients. Um, and I do see a lot of people are quite low in the trace minerals. It's just, you know, our soil is depleted. We're not getting, we're not eating a lot of animal foods. We've been very much pushed towards more plant-based is better. So a lot of people are low in these minerals. And again, these are involved in all of our biochemical processes. So the, really our health relies on how well do our enzymes work? How well can our enzymes carry out their, their role in biochemical processes and enzymes require cofactors, which are either going to be a vitamin, a mineral, an antioxidant, or an amino acid. So minerals, I think, are really overlooked. But things like, um, we said oysters, but um, crab and lobster. Mussels. Plants, mussels. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even shrimp and scallops. All of those are, uh, you know, oysters are going to be the best, but all of those are a source of minerals. So I think that, um, you know, I, I say this to my patients a lot too, just trying to include these more often. You know, if you just try to get them in like one or two times a week. Um, to just add some variety. If you're already eating a lot of like muscle meat or organ meats, mm-hmm. this is just a great way to add some more variety. And then, of course, wild fish as well. Um, so you're getting some omega-3s, but the, the more variety we can get in our protein sources, the better. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Like, I, I feel bad for people who don't like seafood. Cause I'm like, there's so much, it's so good in the shellfish yeah. and there's so much, but people do tend to have, and this is we, like, another. we can't just eat chicken breast every day. <laughs> like, Thank you. Oh my God. Life is did- way too short. Like, yeah, it, that's yeah. pleasant. But I think that is one of the biggest thing. That's another issue. Like it's like one of the next tier issues. Like when you go from like standard American diet, which is a nightmare to eating yeah. healthy, which a lot of people, the first step is like, okay, chicken breasts and greens. And it's like, ugh, that's terrible. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not the worst, but like, there's a lot better you could do. Exactly. And variety in meat and people who are trying to go more animal based and like high, mm-hmm. high protein. And they're like, oh, but I just can't eat this ground beef and like chicken thighs every day. And it's like, dude, there's a billion animals. Mm-hmm. They're all delicious. Like mm-hmm. get all of like, try all yeah. of them. So chicken, the fatty acid profile of chicken is high, much higher in omega-6, which is the pro-inflammatory type of fatty acid. So people who are just eating chicken every single day, chicken or ground turkey, you know, that's again, really big um, in some you know, fitness worlds and stuff. Um, that is That is more pro-inflammatory. Whereas if we're eating grass-fed organic beef or wild game, um, the fatty acid profile is much more balanced. It does have some omega-6 in it for sure. If you're eating conventional meat, it's still going to be much higher in the ome- inflammatory omega-6s, okay. um, which is going to affect our hormones. But the much more you know, natural meat, pastured, grass-fed, it's going to have a more balanced profile where you're getting omega-6, omega-3, and omega-9. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I promised that we would try to keep this, um, short. So I'm going to try to cut it here because we were trying to talk mostly about food for libido. I think this gave us a lot to work with. Um, and I know that like one of the big things that we didn't really cover that you touched on is obviously the sort of like mental aspect and the connecting and feeling good with yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. that 
you know, that's a whole other topic. And maybe I'll, if, if people really like this one as much as they like the first episode we did, maybe we'll do a second one that's more yeah. kind of side of it because I think that's important. That'd be fun. But, but I do think it's important just for women to remember, like, again, this is a starting point. It may not be the main issue. It may not be the only issue. But I think that another challenge that women tend to have is that we tend to like look outward. We tend to blame ourselves. We tend to say like, what aren't we doing for our partner or what's wrong with us? Or why aren't we, you know, hot enough or why aren't we whatever. And it's like, don't worry about even the part, the partner stuff comes later. Like that's exactly, you need to take care of your health and your Mm -hmm. stress and your Mm -hmm. mental health and your nutrition and feel Mm -hmm. good in your body. And then all of that is going to set the stage for when you connect with somebody else, when you do something, you know what I mean? So I think that this is as great a starting point as any is to Mm -hmm. like learn how to nourish your body, learn how to work out in a way that is also nourishing Mm -hmm. and start to feel good. Yes. And then the rest of it is going to come. So I think this was like a great, a great, like point one, you know, like one one, and then we'll, we'll, we can work on uh, Mm -hmm. the rest of it next time. Yes. 100%. Women's health relies on our connection to our body. So I think the, the best thing we can do for libido is just focus on how we feel. Like, how do we feel? What can we do to feel better? And, and not so much on, on the other person or what are we doing wrong, but what actually makes me feel good. Yes. And then just every, like you said, everything else just kind of flows from that place. I love it. And yeah. so of course, this is also a good time to shamelessly plug the workshop that we did together. That was amazing. Yes. Um, that we I'll put it in the show notes and we'll we'll talk about it when this show goes live because um we did this workshop sort of live with a, a cohort of women and now mm-hmm. it's available forever for like self-directed learning and there's videos. It's a three-day workshop um with a ton of material, um, but one whole day focused on this on like, yes sexual health and hormonal health for like good sexual function. And then we've Mm -hmm. got, um, a day, the day that it was like, we did a whole day on nutrition and exercise. Nutrition and exercise. Yeah. And then the first one, was that just sort of like hormones one-on-one? It was, yeah, it was physiology, learning more about just like, how does the menstrual cycle work? What are the hormones doing, you know, depending on where we are at in our cycle. And we talked about some other hormones that are, that we, you know, they're not sex hormones, but the, you know, things like cortisol, the stress hormone, we talked about thyroid hormone, insulin, which, which is responsible for blood sugar. So there's a lot of other hormones that influence the sex hormones mm-hmm. that are important. It was a ton of information. Like I learned a lot doing that with you. And I think that it's a really, really good and sort of affordable and also accessible starting point for any woman who's listening to this. Yes. Like, I want to know more about hormones and I know how complicated it is. And I'm maybe mm-hmm. not ready to like do a full panel yet or like mm-hmm. dive really deep into this. I just want to start learning. I think that it's a like a really fantastic resource for that. Um yeah. So we'll, we'll link to that so people can go and check it out. And then for anybody who wants to work with you or learn more from you or, you know, mm-hmm. get your newsletter and all that good stuff, where do they go? You can go to my website, dreliemichelle.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at, at Michelle. Ellie spelled with Y-E-L-L-Y. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. So you can also see what I'm up to over there. Ellie, you are the best. I appreciate you You're so much. I love when you come on here. It's always like the, our our podcast, like the first one that we did for my show, because I've had you on a couple times now, but the first one for yeah. my show was one of the more popular episodes. So cool. people, people like what you got to say. And I think they're going to like this one even more if I put sex in the title somewhere. So yes, <laughs> let's see how it goes. 
And uh, I we all we all love talking about it, even if we don't admit to it. Like, hello. <laughs> yeah, it's come on again. It's like food and sex. What else do you want from us? Um, all right. I'm going to go eat some oysters. I appreciate you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. 